Is your church in need of a brand new flyer design? You're in the right place. We're here to help. My name is Eric Pizarro with Advanced Creative Design. We are offering all listeners of this podcast a 10% discount off their very first order. Feel free to send us an email at advancedcreativedesign23 at gmail.com. Also, make sure you mention in that email that you heard us here on this podcast. Our website will be up soon, but in the meantime, we will be glad to help. God bless you all. We look forward to working with you. Make it a great day. Welcome to the Taking the Land podcast. This is your home for daily audio sermons from Christian Fellowship Ministries. God has gifted our fellowship with some of the finest preachers in the world and we want to share. We're going to get right into it. The food smells good, so I don't want to keep us from that. Amen. And so um, uh, immediately following service, we do have a fellowship we want to put on for everyone. Uh, uh, Just... It's just going to be right there. Amen. So you can make it. Everybody can make it. Amen. It'll be a tremendous time. So uh, if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 26, Acts chapter 26, we thank you for making it out this morning. 1998, Shaquille O'Neal, he's a young uh, basketball player, very successful already in his career, and he was approached with a unique investment opportunity. And if you know Shaquille O'Neal, he's invested in a ton of things over the years. His commercials are everywhere, uh, the General and Gold Bond and all of these things. But a businessman approached him and he wanted him to invest in this new idea he had. And so this idea, you know, was just simple, very simple. He'd sell coffee, he'd sell desserts, and he wanted to open up a chain of stores. And his thought, Shaquille O'Neal declined this because he said, my family doesn't drink coffee. In fact, I've never even seen any black people drink coffee, so the answer is no. And in 2019, Shaquille O'Neal shares the story of how he almost invested in Starbucks. Almost can be a dangerous word. The scripture tells us, There is such a such thing as an almost Christian. In our text, King Agrippa has an opportunity to become a Christian. He even tells Paul this very interesting thing. You almost persuaded me. And instead, he misses out on an opportunity. We don't know if he ever has Another one. Amen. I want to preach a sermon I've simply titled The Almost Christian. Acts chapter 26, verse 28. Agrippa, uh, then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we come before your throne. We ask you to speak to us, God, concerning your word. Let us be committed all the way Christians, not almost Christians. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So identifying the almost, the first thing we want to consider, the almost Christian in Scripture. And so Paul, he's witnessing to Agrippa, these dignitaries, they've come. Paul is a prisoner at this point. And so he's become this Christian after a miraculous encounter with God. He's literally knocked off his high horse. He's blinded for three days. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He's a different man. He's preaching the gospel. His boldness, his his, his zeal, his fire rubs people the wrong way. 
He ends up getting arrested. The Pharisees have something to do with this. Uh, governor Felix, he's the governor of the province at the time. Uh, they have him arrested with no real charges. They don't even know what to charge the guy with. This is how jacked up it was. He's left in prison. Governor Felix, his term ends. Governor Festus takes over. And so in celebration of his appointment as governor, King Agrippa, Bernice, his, his dignitaries, they come visit him and they have this big party. So in the midst of this party, they're drinking, they're carrying on. And Festus says to him, man, I got this prisoner in, that Felix left me. He doesn't have a charge on him. You know, they're saying, you know, it's something about this guy, Jesus. Everybody's saying he's dead. But this guy, Paul's saying he's alive. And now he's arrested. And so uh, eventually this comes up. Acts 25, verse 18. When the accusers stood up, they brought no accusations against him of such things as I suppose. They had some questions about him, about their own religion. A certain Jesus who had died, who Paul affirmed to be alive. And Agrippa, he says, man, I got to hear this guy. You know, he's uh, like, and and so uh, uh, Festus, he says, tomorrow, we'll set it up. You'll hear him. You'll see what this is all about. And so uh, Paul comes before him. He's in his chains uh, and he's sharing his testimony. Right. They're all these dignitaries. They come in uh, 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 and he's sharing with them. He testifies of his conversion, how God has moved for him. And then at the end, he turns it on King Agrippa. He says, I know, uh, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. He says to him, I know you got some background. I know you got some understanding of who Jesus is. I know you got something there inside of you. Do you believe Agrippa? He doesn't even care he's arrested, right? Amazing. He doesn't even care he's in the chains. He's like, do you believe Agrippa? Do you, do you believe Jesus? And this is all that matters to him. And Agrippa in front of everyone, he says, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. And the question when I read this, I began to wonder was why almost? Why was it right? Why not all the, Why not persuade him? Why not become a believer? He's right there. He knows the prophets. Agrippa wasn't like Festus. Festus would have been Roman. Agrippa, he was Jewish in his background. He would have known what the scripture says. He would have known about this coming Messiah. And so he had, in a sense, already this Christian background. But why almost? Why not a full commitment? And as I thought about this, I looked at other examples in scripture. Felix himself Paul preaches to him as well this guy who had him arrested Acts 24 verse 25 and he reasoned to Felix about righteousness self-control the judgment to come here's Paul man no matter what he's just preaching you know he's he's arrested he's in chains he's still preaching you know he's telling him to be to have self-control and be righteous you know and listen to what Felix says he was afraid he was convicted God dealt with them God touched him and he answered go away for now when I have a convenient time I will call you in other words I'm almost there it's just right now it's not convenient I get what you're saying man I understand what you're you're preaching to me but I'm just I'm not 
right there. He believes what he hears, right? He's afraid. He's like, oh, woe is me. The judgment that's coming, that's me. When you're talking about righteousness and self-control, he knows he's a Roman and he's convicted by Paul's preaching. The problem is he doesn't want to be a Christian right now. He doesn't want to commit all the way right when it's more convenient, when the timing is better. Why wasn't it convenient? What was what was he waiting on? Right. He's the boss. He gets to do whatever he wants, man. What is he waiting on? You know what? Why wait? Why not right now? Why almost? Mark 12, the scribe approaches Jesus. He had some understanding about scripture he begins to ask questions he even gives the right answers mark 12 34 when jesus saw that he answered wisely this was wisely concerning the things of god wisely concerning what jesus was speaking to him he says to this scribe you are not far from the kingdom of god you're there you're not quite you're not you're close you're almost A Christian. Very interesting. You almost have it. You're almost there. But the problem when it comes to salvation, just like in most things in life, almost doesn't count. To almost be there is not. Right. (laughs) You think about it. Right. You you know, let's say you, you, you got a boss. Right. He's almost trustworthy on paying you on time. You know, he almost will. Oh, he's almost there. Right. You're like, man, I ain't working for you, man. That ain't finna happen. Right. Almost doesn't count. The Old Testament, Elijah rebukes the children of Israel. First Kings 18, verse 21. Elijah came to all the people. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people didn't say anything. Because they know, they know, they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) You've been hanging in the balance. You're back and forth. You can't decide if you're ready to commit to this thing. You're almost there. You're almost surrendered. You're almost committed. But almost, we know, church, is a dangerous place. The truth is, almost doesn't count. And it's one thing for Shaq to almost invest in Starbucks. He's doing fine. Right. But it's another thing when it comes to eternity to almost be there. Right. To almost be a Christian. I want to ask this morning. Are you an almost Christian? Almost surrendered. Not bad. Right. Not blatant sin. You even say you have some areas down, but you're not quite there either. You're not quite all the way committed. You're not quite all the way sold out for God. You recognize there's some differences. There's some things. There's still some areas God can't quite get to, can't quite touch yet. Almost committed, almost involved, almost faithful, but you're not quite there yet. That can be a dangerous place. I worked for DOD for some time before, you know, right? And so I did computers. And so John, Mark, they would know about this. But the contractors in my position had to get this certificate called Security Plus. And so this certificate was just, it was the worst, man. It was not necessary for my job at all. 
But you, you just had to get it because that's what they said you got to do. If you're going to qualify for this job, do this job, you got to get this certificate. And so something we had to do, I'm up to recertify. I've taken it before. I tested. I, I had the certificate every three years. It comes up. And so I got to recertify. And I took the test. The problem is, is I failed the test, man. I didn't study, man. <laughs> I, I passed it before. Right. The minimum to pass it, 700 points. I got a 690. It did not matter that I had the certificate certificate before. It didn't matter that I probably only missed one or two questions. A 690 isn't good enough. And so the problem is, if you fail, you got to pay for it yourself. And so, okay, you know, like 200 bucks. I'm like, oh, my goodness, man. Woe is me, man. It hurts. It, uh, trust me, it hurts. they'll pay for it if you pay, if you pass. But if you fail, so I took it again. And when you fail the test, you pay out of pocket. You know what happened? I failed it again, and this time I got a six ninety five. I study. I promise, I study. I wasn't just like, man, bump that. I studied, man. I did. I just the the problem was I didn't realize it at the time. I studied the wrong material. Right. That's that's what happened. That's not part of it. But still, 695, man, almost does not count. And I learned my lesson the next time, man, I I was I'm not failing this again because I got to tell my wife we 400 bucks out now. <laughs> like, I'm passing this this time. And I did thankfully pass it the third time. But still, almost doesn't count, man. It didn't matter. It was right there, man. Heartbroken. You can imagine, man, you see the score pop up and you're like, oh, my goodness, man. Almost. Why almost, church? The issue of almost. Hi, I'm Mike Ashcraft, pastor currently in Van Nuys, California. I was a missionary in Guatemala for almost 16 years. And I thought that the only inheritance I'd leave my kids was the most important one, the spiritual legacy. When God brought me back to the United States, my family had only our clothes and computer. Since then, God has blessed me financially and not through having a big church. Find out how you can steward your finances to prosperity and bless your children. Show them that serving God has blessings both here on earth and in the future in heaven. Call me today, 310-403-6471. That's 310-403-6471. Almost is an issue of pride. Acts 25, verse 23, the next day when Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city, at Festus' command, Paul was brought in. Great pomp means they come in, it's this big deal, man, right? They come in and, and, and pomp, I had to look it up. It just, it just sounds like a fancy word. And they come in, they're all there. They're going to hear this prisoner, Paul. Could you imagine how humble you have to be to hear this prisoner? You come in with all this circumstance, trumpets and camels are coming through to bring you into this. You hear from this prisoner and he's the one telling you you're wrong. You need to get your heart right. That's, that's going to take some humility, man. The great spectacle he had. Here is this man in chains preaching to them to become a Christian and challenging this guy in front of everyone to surrender to Jesus, man. It's going to take some humility. 
Pride keeps us from committing church. In front of everyone, could you imagine, you know, hey, King Agrippa, bow your head. Just repeat after me. We're going to say this prayer, right? <laughs> All these people are there. And here is this king. But pride, church, can keep us from committing to God. James 4, 6, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And many people are almost Christians, but the problem is pride. They won't surrender. They won't humble themselves. And the other issue, and perhaps more serious, the other issue is trust. Almost is an issue of trust. I don't know if I can trust God completely. And because we don't know, our commitment can wane. Our, 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 our being sold out when he's trustworthy, I'm committed, man. I'm in this. This is cool. But when it feels like he's not trustworthy, right, we go through some things, some struggles. I don't know if I want to commit quite yet. I might, right? We have it in us. I want, I'm going to figure this part out on my own. But church, our relationship with God must be built on trust. And this is the issue. Exodus 16, verse 17, the children of Israel did so, gathered some more, some less. It's talking about manna. When they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over. He who had little had no lack. Every man gathered according to each one's needs. Moses said, let no one leave it until morning. Notwithstanding, they did not listen to Moses. Some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. And so to give you context, they're in the desert and God has said, I will provide for you every single day manna from heaven. I will be your grocery store every single day. Every single day you will get up, you will gather this and you will eat of this. This will sustain you. It will keep you. But the point is, you're going to have to trust me every single day for 40 years. As long as you're on this journey, you're going to have to trust me, man. And not only that, on, on the Sabbath, you're going to have to gather two, two days worth before the Sabbath because that day it won't be anything. But the point is, it's a trust issue, right? That's what he's saying to him. Every single day, you're going to have to trust me to provide this for you. The problem is the people did not do that, right? It's in the nature, they, they, what did they do? They didn't listen to Moses. Uh, they gathered part of it. They, they, they took some. They tried to gather more. And it had these worms. It was a whole deal. And the issue was uh, trust. God tells Moses, tell the people to trust me, that I'll provide. I'll make a way. I'll be there for them. I'll answer their prayers. I'll help them. Tell the people to trust me. They can commit to me. They can surrender to me. They can follow me. They can serve me. And if they'll do that, they can trust me. The problem is that tr trust, man, let's take a little more for tomorrow because, yes, God provided today, but we don't know for tomorrow, man. Tomorrow might be different. Tomorrow he might not be as reliable. Tomorrow it could be a different story. Let's just let's take a little more. And in their failure to trust was their disobedience. In our failure to trust God, that is what makes us Almost Christians, almost committed, almost there, almost surrendered. But because of this trust issue, without trust, we won't be faithful. We will end up being almost Christians. 
Believers that are unwilling to surrender, right? We're there, we're close, but this trust issue, man, to, to rely on God, to trust God. Almost Christian is an unfaithful Christian. Unfaithfulness is dangerous. The rich young ruler, the young man uh, uh, said to him, Jesus says to the young man, all these things are, he says, all these things I've kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, sell what you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. The young man heard that saying. He went away sorrowful. He had great possessions. People think this is about money. This was not about money. This was about trust. That he would have to let go of things and he'd have to trust Jesus, and he could not make the leap because of trust. That was the point. The Bible says he refused to follow Jesus. He went away sorrowful because he couldn't stay faithful through adversity. And ultimately, this is a trust issue. God has called us, church, to be faithful. Faithful in these last days. Listen, we have to be faithful people. Faithfulness will take us trusting him completely. We're unfaithful because we waver in our trust. We're unsure. We don't, we don't know. We need to figure it out. We need to do something different. Matthew 13, verse 5 and 6, Some fell on stony places where they ha- did not have much earth. They immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. We take root through faithfulness. This doesn't happen to us as believers because we're faithful. We're committed in faithfulness and sticking with it. And in longevity, there is root that takes place. We're not wavered. We don't. The wind doesn't sway us back and forth, committing, seeking the Lord through thick and thin. It's interesting. Roots aren't seen. Right. That's not what people see. When you see a tree, you don't see the roots. It's not what people notice. It doesn't stand out. It's invisible to everyone but God, right? It's invisible to others. They can't detect maybe that you're an almost Christian. They can't see that you're almost, you're not quite committed. Faithfulness and commitment, trust is done unto God. And only when trials come, this truth can be seen. I want to talk thoroughly about committing to now. In this hour, we don't need almost Christians. We cannot be that church. We need faithful men and women. Proverbs 20, verse 6, most men will proclaim his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? A faithfulness is this rare quality nowadays. I'm telling you, as people come into this church, as God brings in people, what's going to keep them and cover them is men and women who are just simply faithful to him, that they trust him no matter what, man, that they don't waver. Their marriages don't waver. Their homes don't waver. Their Christianity doesn't waver. They're not coming in, you know, right? Could you imagine people, new people come in with all their problems and we're like, help us too. We got all these problems too. And we don't trust God either, man. Right? They Like, listen, you can trust God. You come into this church and, and, you know, we hear we have a good time. But ultimately, what we're trying to teach you, you can trust Jesus. You can commit your whole life to him. He's got you. He'll cover you. He'll help you. He'll meet with you. He'll, he'll everything, man. You can trust him. You know, what's interesting. The disciples weren't the best batch, right? They, at the time that they're selected, these 12 disciples, 
There would have been Bible colleges at the time, not as we know them now, but they had these these schools dedicated to raising up right Pharisees and, and religious leaders. It would have been like a, a modern day Bible college. They're elite schools, right? Wealthy. They're intelligent, no doubt, the top of their class. Yet Jesus did not call any disciples from these Bible schools, man. Right. He called these fishermen. You know, he called this one of them. He was a, he was a zealot. He was trying to kill Romans. And he's like, hey, you follow me. Tax collector. Hey, you follow me. What? Why? <laughs> all these other guys, they would have been sharp. They would have had influence. They would have had all of these things. But I wonder if he understood these men here won't be faithful to me. When trial comes, when stuff happens, they're going to split. They're going to skedaddle. But these guys, these fishermen, they might be messed up. They might be doing some jacked up stuff sometimes. But you know what? At the end of the day, through thick and thin, they're going to stick it out. They're going to remain immovable. God has called us, church, to be faithful. He answers us. He helps us. You and I, we can commit to Christ. You know what Elijah told, told the people of God? He said, the one who answers by fire, that's the one you need to serve. The one who will answer your prayer. You're uncommitted. You're unsure. You don't trust God all the way. But listen, the one who's going to answer you, that's the one you need to commit to. Because he knew the only one that's going to answer you and help you is God, is our Lord. He's the one you can commit to. God hears our prayers. He answers by fire. To answer by fire is supernatural, man. It's beyond what man can do. No man could fabricate it, right? It wasn't CGI, special effects. God answered by fire, man. As we close, God wants committed Christians, not almost Christians. People who are willing to seek God's kingdom, they're faithful, they're solid in their walk, in their relationship with God. They trust him. People willing to say yes to him simply because they trust who he is. After Shaq turned down this opportunity, Magic Johnson, a well-known, another well-known basketball player, said yes. He took great advantage of this opportunity. And he said in, instead of almost investing, he did invest. You know what's interesting? He said after he invested in this, he had to be taken serious as a businessman. He said people took me serious after that. All his career, all he did before, this was a new dynamic for him simply because he said yes. When we are all the way in church, when we are all the way committed, whatever God would want for me, I trust him. When we're like that, God has, takes us serious. People have to take us serious when we're all the way committed to him, when we trust him in this way. That's all I have. I ask every head bowed and every eye closed in respect to God and each other. Are you in need of a passport in a hurry? Look no further. Global Passport Express is here to help. With our efficient and reliable services, we can process your passport in as quick as seven days. That's right, just seven days. And that's not all. We specialize in visas for many countries, including popular destinations like China, India, and so much more. Whether you're planning a family vacation, a business trip, or your next mission trip, Global Passport Express is your one-stop solution for all your passport and visa needs. So why wait? Reach out to us today at 
1-800-273-7525 to speak with one of our friendly and knowledgeable representatives. They will guide you through the process and answer any questions you may have. You can also visit our website at www.globalpassportexpress.com for more information and to start your application online. It's quick, easy, and convenient. Mention this ad and receive 10% off any of our services. Don't let time constraints hold you back from your travel dreams. Trust Global Passport Express to deliver your passport fast, hassle-free, and with a smile. Global Passport Express, your passport and visa experts. Get ready to explore the world.